Hey, good morning, Purpose Claremont. Hey, I was um, I was spending time reading um, this morning, spending time with Jesus in Isaiah, part of our reading plan, uh, 29, uh, starting verse 29, uh, I'm sorry, chapter 29, uh, getting to verse 13 and all the way through verse 16. It was kind of convicting, um, and so I don't want to be convicted by myself, so I'm, <laughs> I'm inviting all of you to join me in this. Um, let me pray. Let me pray so we're teachable. I want to make sure we're, we come before God humbly, uh, wanting to be taught, um, even if it's a little bit hard to hear. But let me pray. Jesus, thank you so much um, that this morning you even confronted me on a couple things that I need to, to deal with and be honest about. Um, and so I want to thank you. I want to thank you that you're not afraid to tell the tough stuff and to, to address and confront us in things. And so I pray that you would um, that you would speak and that you would convict and encourage everything that's necessary to make us look more and more like you. Uh, thank you that you're gentle in the process, knowing that you're gentle and lowly, you're humble in heart. Um, God is awesome. You're just a great God. And so we we ask you to speak now. We pray this in your name. Amen. So uh, Isaiah writes this down, verse 13, says, And the Lord said, Because this people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me, and their fear of me is a commandment taught by men, Therefore, behold, I will, I will again do wonderful things with this people, with wonder upon wonder, and the wisdom of their wise men uh, shall perish, and the discernment of their discerning men shall be hidden. I'm sorry, shall be hidden. Now here's the part, you get just verse, chapter, verse 13. He says, man, these people draw near to me, but it's lip service. It's just like they come together and they're just giving me lip service. Or even, they might be singing a song or might be even praying a prayer or might even be preaching a message. But it's not drawing near to God to draw near to God because of a love for Him. It's just going through the motions. And I, uh, this is going to be a little straightforward. I think that this is a lot of what American Christianity has kind of turned into. It's just kind of a, you come to God, um, you kind of barter with Him. I'll do a couple things if so I want the good stuff. Uh, we'll hit a Sunday morning. Um, and isn't it weird that when we can't meet together in person, um, we kind of take it for, like when we can, we take it for granted. Uh, and I'm not saying you can't ever miss a Sunday morning gathering. I'm never saying that, that you can't miss worship services ever. I know things come up. It's just the nature of the beast. But but if if my coming to Jesus is just, it feels like a commandment. When you get to this part, and their fear of me is a commandment taught by men. When you say fear, we go, oh, okay, so I'm supposed to be afraid. No, I will be afraid. The more that he reveals who he is and how massive and majestic he is, I will fear. And then he invites me, don't be afraid. So here's the thing. What he's saying is, hey, this whole coming to me thing is not because of me. It's because of you. You're going through all the motions thinking that you're gaining something, but you're really not. Or the fact that you fear me, it's not really fear. It's not respect. It's, you don't even respect me, but... It's not really this response of who I am. You're just doing it because that's what you that's what others tell you that you're supposed to do. Even in Matthew 15, I start in verse 8, he's, he's uh, Matthew's um, writing down what Jesus says, and Jesus quotes Isaiah, says, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And then listen to what he says next. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. He goes, nothing but it. In vain do they worship me. Well, connected to that is the idea. They come to me with like their words, but their hearts are far from me. 
So really, vain, meaning, meaning that's a waste, to go before God without a true and sincere heart of worship is a waste. He doesn't accept it. It's not acceptable praise to him. And so he says in verse 14, therefore, because that's what's happening, behold, I will again do wonderful things. Wonderful, it actually means wonderful. I looked it up. It means to be wonderful, to be, I'm sorry, marvelous, to be wonderful, to be surpassing, to be extraordinary, to be beyond one's power, to be difficult to do um, or to be difficult to understand. It's like, I mean, he's going to do some incredible things, but then he's going to, he's going to what? He's going to cause the the wisdom of their wise men to perish and the discernment of their discerning men shall be hidden. So God's going to keep doing what he's doing, but he's not going to allow the wisdom of of the quote unquote, the wise men to continue. He says it's going to perish. And I think it, it connects down to here to verse 15. He saw, he says, ah, who, who, I'm sorry, you who hide uh, deep from the Lord, your counsel, whose deeds are in the dark and who say, who sees us, who knows us. He says, you turn things upside down. Shall the potter be regarded as the clay that the thing made should say of its maker, he did not make me, or the thing formed say of him who formed it, he has not under, he has he has no understanding. So you go back to the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, the discernment of their discerning men shall be hidden. Why? Why would he make sure that that happens? Because he wants them, he wants the people of God to draw near to God, not just with their mouths, but desiring to hear from him. Not to just listen to all the quote-unquote wise people who are speaking about God, telling what they should do. And don't get me wrong, I think there's, there is a, there's a place for those who are in spiritual leadership. And I've, I've, I've had a mentor for years and all of us should be under somebody else's teaching. And I believe in all that, but it doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to draw near personally to him, to learn, to grow, to spend time with him in prayer and his word and silence and solitude. And all of it comes with that. So he's going to make sure that the wise men, their wisdom perishes, um, the discerning, the discernment of the discerning men shall be hidden. And then he goes, and then there's some of you think that you're getting away with things that nobody knows what you're doing. You turn things upside down. And he says this, shall the potter be regarded as the clay that the thing made should say of its maker, he did not make me or the thing formed say of him who formed it. He has no understanding. Guys, that makes no sense to me. And here's why. Not because the passage is wrong. It makes no sense to me that that which is created gets to have an opinion or to put the creator on the stand as if the, as if the creator is, um, is, in, is on trial. We have to remember, God is not on trial. He has nothing to prove to us. So we don't get to sit there and go, okay, so you've, you've created everything. This is who I'm, if you've created me, everything that's around me. I've got some issue with you and I'm going to tell you all about it. And so you need to sit up on that witness stand and I'm just going to go after you like an attorney until you answer the questions in a, in a manner that, I'm, that I approve of. Friends, that's upside down. Just like if I create something, I love woodworking now. And I'm not great at it and trying to get better, but even though I make these rustic wooden flags, it's not like the flag that's created by me, I'm putting it together, then all of a sudden gets to turn around and tell me that I'm putting them together wrong. It's not like I don't get I don't get critiqued by it because I'm the one making it. And so for scripture to go, hey, you turn things upside down, you forgot your place. God is God, we're not. Our job is to trust him and obey him. And we can say things and we can say, oh God, I don't get this and be frustrated. We can be totally honest. But at the end of the day, we need to remember our place that we've been put together by the creator. He is not on trial. 
if anything, we're the ones on trial. And then Jesus took our place in that trial that we could be made right with God. So we need to remember a couple of things. One, God expects worship from his people who draw near to him, not just in outward action, but with a true heart to know him. And then second, he is not on trial. We we are the ones who messed everything up. He is creator and he has all authority and sovereign ability and sovereign choice to do anything and everything that he wants to do, no matter what. And then to think of who he is, he is sovereign, yes, and he's humble and he's gracious and kind and forgiving and just, and he has wrath and he punishes sin and all this of of what makes up who God is. Guys, we need to remember our place. We are created. We are not creator. God is the creator, and yet he is so, so in love with us, but we need to humbly approach him as God and approach him with sincerity of heart, not just lip service. Humbling, humbling when I read it this morning, as he showed it to me again, I want to make sure I'm approaching God in the way that it pleases him, in the way that he paid for, I can draw near to God. That is absolutely humbling and beautiful that God wants me to draw near. So I pray it's a blessing. Even if it's a challenge, it's a blessing. We thank God that he loves us enough to tell us the truth. Friends, I love you more than you know, and we'll talk again soon. We'll see you.